Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. It is literally a journey back to yourself, to your soul, to your source connection. It is a stripping away of all of those fears that we carry with us every single day. That was this week's guest, Deborah Wilson, and we'll get to Deborah in a moment. But first, this is a weekly podcast about the Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James. Pilgrims walk Caminos on a pilgrimage, and pilgrims have walked for centuries. Indeed, it's said the Camino Francais, the most popular route from saint jean pied de port in France over the Pyrenees to Santiago de Compostela in northwest Spain, has been walked for millennia. And I was lucky enough this week to talk at length to a couple of pilgrims from around the world. One had booked her ticket to head from the west coast of the United States to Spain to begin her Camino in August. The other, an Irish pilgrim, was heading to Porto to begin the Portuguese way next week. Spain and Portugal are slowly opening their borders to tourists, and that means pilgrims. So make the most of it. And I saw a wonderful quote this week attributed to the website Spirit Daughter. Buy the plane ticket. Quit the job. Accept the date. Start the company. Write the book. Sign up for the class. Make the call. Plan the trip. Wander into the unknown. Open your heart. Take the leap. So many of my guests have talked about their renewal, their awakening. And one of the lyrics of my Camino song that I wrote on the Meseta in 2017, somewhere along the way, talks about an old soul awakening because I walked with someone who, to me, appeared to be a very old soul. But it also appeared to me that on this current journey, the soul was being ignored in a way. And the Camino was allowing or, in a way, encouraging the old soul to awaken, to come to life. And it was amazing to watch. Now, I should concede I'm an Australian man in my mid-50s. I'm a radio broadcast and podcast producer, a lifelong musician. I was never one for talking much about souls, unless I was reflecting on my Catholic upbringing when we were often told our souls would be banished to burn in hell for sinning and the fact that I was born with sin, my soul tarnished from the get-go. So souls and I have kind of, I suppose, had a kind of checkered past. But here I was, not only singing about souls, but talking about souls and talking to other men my age about souls. And in many ways, it's my awakening, isn't it? Remember the din of an albergue courtyard or a cafe mid-morning swelled with pilgrims from around the world. You see someone you haven't seen in a while and you call across the street as they wander into town. They've already spotted those plastic chairs and the beer signs and they're pulling up for a second breakfast. This collective of souls. What a joy to have found this gift, this discovery, this leap of faith. My guest this week, Deborah Wilson, wrote to me recently and said she'd thoroughly enjoyed listening to my interview with Jennifer Clough and Jen talked about something going on beyond our understanding, that pilgrims are doing a service for the planet by walking the Camino. And Jen alludes to the fact that when we return from walking it, people want a part of that joy and the, and the peace that we exude. They find our joy, our very presence, magnetic. And Deborah wrote to me to say, a pilgrim on the Camino's soul comes here to experience joy. That is its purpose, to expand itself, 
and the collective soul. And that's why the Camino is calling so strongly to us. It's a call for love over fear. And walking it, Deb said, we raise both our individual vibration and the collective vibration, and there is quite literally nothing more important than that. So let's take this leap together. Deborah's on the line from the UK. Welcome, Pilgrim. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. Let's get to the Camino in a moment, and I want to talk about what you wrote to me. But first, Deborah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, yes. I'm obviously English, but have lived most of my adult life in Spain. And um, I never actually intended to go to Spain at all. And it was obviously very much part of my soul directive, as you were just talking about, that led me there. And I'm just so very, very grateful that it did. Um, I studied languages, actually wanted to do French and Italian, but that course wasn't available to me as I wanted to be an interpreter. And so I had, I was forced to, to study Spanish. And as soon as I set foot on Spanish soil, I was just absolutely swept away wow. by that magic that's uh, in, in the Spanish soil. So I'm very grateful for that. How wonderful. So how many years have you been in Spain? Gosh, um, let me see. I lived there after I'd finished my studies in the early 90s for a few years. Then I did a bit of a, <laughs> what do you say in English, Camino de Svio, a Camino deviation <laughs> <laughs> off to, um, <laughs> to Mexico for nine years where I was an underwater videographer, <laughs> as you wow. do. And yes, <laughs> Um, but always intending to come back to Spain, always intending to come back and do a Camino. I still hadn't actually done one. Um, And I didn't come back. Then I came back to Spain in 2007 and had been there until this whole um, (laughs) current situation um, uh, started to take place in March. Was it March of last year? I've completely lost track of time. Yeah. Um, So, yes, from... 2007 till last year and I've been back in the UK uh, since that just dying to get back to Spain. <laughs> yeah, right. So how did the Camino come into your into your life? How how did you understand it or come to know about it? Well, I was uh, contemplating that obviously, knowing that I would be talking to you and I remembered in it must have been the early 90s, my brother had a printing press in London and I saw this pamphlet by people called um Pat Quaife and Marion Marples. And I thought, gosh, those are wonderful names. It sort of sounds like a ladies' detective agency or something. <laughs> and, uh, and I was intrigued. And they were part of something called the um, um, Co-Fraternity of St. James. Of and I said, well, so what's that then? What's this all about? And uh, that is, the, it was, you know how you have little breadcrumbs that are dropped throughout your life and you mm. look back and you see exactly what those breadcrumbs were that were leading you back to your soul connection. Um, And that was definitely one of them because I heard, I got so fired up about the Camino um, because I've always been a bit of a a Pollyanna, shall we say. And in England, that's not really very uh, accepted. You're sort of, you're not meant to talk to people. My family were always telling, stop smiling at people you don't know. Stop talking to people you don't know. You're not meant to do that. We don't do that in England you're not like us, stop. I was just a naturally very exuberant uh, soul from the get-go. 
And so when I heard about this place where you're actually meant to go and speak with people and you're meant to talk to them and connect and look out for each other and be kind, um, all those things were just absolute um, joy, to, uh, joy to hear. Mm. So I absolutely knew I was going to do it. I just didn't know when. Um, and as I say, there are a few Camino deviations along the way, but um, I didn't actually get to um, start my full-on Camino connection until uh, 2007, um, which is when, uh, I think I alluded to this in one of my messages to you, I started yeah. with the, uh, well, actually, it was it was because of a, a fellow Australian, in fact, um, a chap called Gary Boudin, which who I think will be familiar to a lot of people linked with the Camino, because he and I um, shared a house in Oxford with a lot of other people from all around the world. And they were all very sort of high-flying careers. He was an astrophysicist, um, mm. you know, in Oxford, very, very... Uh, sure. Um, the uh, intellectual elite. Um, I was not, I hasten to add. <laughs> uh, it was like, it was like actually, it was like, that. what's that show? Um, there's an American show where there are all these boffins that live in a house and there's the one girl who's... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, help, me, help me out here, yeah, Dan. I big, can't remember what it's called. Big Bang Theory. Thank, thank you so much. That's exactly it. That was sort of what it was yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, right. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but, but I was the one that was saying to mm. them, no, you've got to follow your dream. You've got to follow your bliss. Um, you've got to, uh, you, you have to, and Gary's dream was always to be very involved in hiking and to maybe move out to the Picos de Europa. And um, I think his connection with the Camino had already started. I don't quite remember. But anyway, so I like to feel that I, um, encouraged him uh, to go and follow his dream. So he uh, shifted out to northern Spain um, and um, serendipitously, <laughs> as is often the case, uh, came across the Camino and has uh, been involved in it since then. He knows so much about it, He's, uh, has an encyclopedic knowledge of the Camino. Um, and so when I came back from Mexico, um, we were still in touch, and he said, "Now, Deb, now's the, now's now's your chance." Um, and he was actually working with. Um, I know some of you will think the dreaded Turigrinos, um, those that come to walk um, maybe more on the Camino rather than walking the Camino. Um, but he was working. He had met while well, his walked. Oh my goodness! I don't know how many dozens of Caminos Gary has walked, and on one of those Caminos, he met. Uh, two women um, who were walking and uh, they loved it so much and they decided that they wanted to, to make it available to many more people who maybe wouldn't <laughs> initially be tempted by the thought of backpacking and dirty mm. socks and yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, albergues full of snoring pilgrims. And so uh, one of them, a lovely lady called Kathy Kinlock, owns a travel agency in Canada and she decided uh, with her great um, friend Liz, Liz Heron, who I later had the great pleasure to work with, um, to set up a version of the Camino. And I absolutely, I can hear the gasp of oh, horror around the world, but I absolutely wholeheartedly stand by the fact that whatever way the Camino comes into your life, you honour that. Mm. And for many of these people, I'm sounding a bit defensive here, I know, but, but for many of these people who... Um, came and walked with us, um, they never, ever would have done it had it not been with the support 
Um, there are lots of um, single women. There were uh, couples who one of them really wanted to walk and the other didn't. So they would lure them in this way mm. uh, because it was um, very much, well, <laughs> one of our um, uh, guests called it the uh, Gucci Camino, uh-huh. <laughs> which, uh, which was quite true. Um, because we did stay in Paradors, you know, that lovely state run sure. chain of hotels. Sure. And we did stay at beautiful places. And um, I made them, um, uh, well, <laughs> I like to think of them as gourmet picnics. Uh, that might be um, <laughs> um, pushing it a bit, but um, lovely picnics at midday. I loved the thought of their just turning up from uh, from their walk and this feast being laid out in front of them. So anyway... <laughs> Um, yes, they they did have the Gucci Camino, but it was um, uh, sort of like the the gateway drug <laughs> yeah, right. to walking the Camino. And many many of those people did indeed come back and walk uh, their own Caminos. I won't say a real Camino because I absolutely stand by the fact that whatever way you're doing it, it is your Camino. Yeah, I agree with that. I th- I think that there are so many different ways to do it, um, and so. Few people have time or the resources or the inclination even um, to do it in, in, in my way or your way or anybody else's way. They do it in their own way and they ought to be encouraged and respected exactly. for doing that. Hey, you know, I exactly. mentioned in my introduction, Deb, my Catholic upbringing. Are you religious? Uh-huh, yes. Um, no, I'm not religious. Um, I was brought up in the Church of England um, and I do, because as we all do, I had this knowing inside me that there was something way more going on here. Um, and I had that knowing and I was looking for it from a very, very young age um, because I just knew, we all know, we mm. have that sense of connection. Mm. And I tried to find it within the church. And of course, many people do. Of course, it is there. It's at the very heart of it. But when I went to get confirmed for my sister's wedding, and I remember holding hands and just thinking, no, this is not where it, whatever it, yeah. at that stage, I still didn't know what it was. It wasn't within the church. And some people obviously can connect to it through the church, and that's wonderful, that's beautiful. But it was not my way. But um, obviously, as we've already established, I think I am very spiritual and I've yeah given up being um, spiritually apologetic, as I used to call it, of, Mm. um, you know, people can see it as something rather woo-woo. And, of course, (laughs) it's extreme, you know, but it's extremely real. It's the most real thing in my life now. So Yeah, how um, wonderful. That's a wonderful realisation. Isn't it, yeah. Yeah, you know, and here here we are talking about it. And as I said earlier um, in the introduction, you know, it's not sort of the sort of thing that Australian men talk about but but, <laughs> no. but but having said that um it's offered a great insight for me which is a really lovely thing and and there are plenty of australian blokes that i've talked to about it and it's nice to hear them talk about it too you wrote to me to say jennifer clough's episode clarified something that has perplexed mm. you for years that why yes. the camino is not just an important part of your life but a crucial element of your life yeah just talk us through that realization if you would absolutely gosh it was very very serendipitous because there were sort of two stages to this um very directly relinked to your podcast um because i have realized i have been on a camino on a pilgrimage back to myself 
mm. um, from birth, as indeed I believe we all are. And so I had, uh, well, we'll talk about my, my the a Camino that we all have, which for me was in 2017. And that sort of started a whole um, real acceleration of the Camino back to myself, my path back to myself. Indeed, I know you love a good quote, and I'm sure you've heard it many times, but the Rumi quote, we're all just walking each other home, um, that uh, resonates very powerfully with me. Um, And I was doing um, this, culminated this whole journey, as it were, I'd been doing over the last few months a um, spiritual practice of which, of course, there are a gazillion. Um, This particular one is called Tire, which is Trust Your Abundance. And it is actually a course that I've been following over the last few months. And it's been leading me like to this very moment. And I feel quite, I'm feeling chills as I speak about this because I was just finishing this course and I was doing the last, one of the last modules within it. And it said about what you would like to manifest within, uh, with, uh, uh, within you. And I thought, well, I would love to manifest a feeling of more levity and joy. And so I thought, well, what gives me that? Obviously the Camino. And so I went to your podcast and, um, it was the wonderful Jennifer Clough um, episode, which absolutely blew me wide open. And it talked about, she talked about obviously um, what exactly was going on. And she explained it in words which I could never find myself yeah. because I knew the Camino is about this joy and connection and letting go and freedom. But I couldn't explain exactly. And when she said about it is absolutely uh, the calling to us, and I know that 100%, and it is to raise this collective vibration, which I absolutely now understand is why we're all here and why the Camino is so fundamental, uh, because in raising our individual vibration along the way, we are raising the collective vibration, and I believe that is exactly what my soul's purpose is to raise my vibration and to be that light and to uh, raise the collective vibration. That is the most important thing in my life now. So that, oh, and another element of her beautiful podcast was about um, the heart connection, which (laughs) um, sort of astonished me that in all these years, I'd never really turned to look at my heart space. Gosh, um, and... It was so very obvious when she talked about this heart space that we all have and dropping into that heart space and how you naturally do that on the Camino. And it literally, from that moment on, it focused my heart space and I felt something opening within me. And I've opened up even more to this beautiful connection. And uh, and I will tell you how I've tested opening up this heart space, Dan. I'm sure yeah. as an Australian you'll appreciate this. because. Of the first morning I went for a run, as I always do, I have an Australian cattle dog. <laughs> and you know what those dogs uh, are like. Fantastic. I'm familiar with them. Yeah, yes. yeah. And we would always have the tussle because, as you know, they're very strong and willful animals. <laughs> yeah. And I would have this, uh, this tussle with him of his trying to pull me one way and trying to do his, they have this like shouty thing that goes on at some stage mm-hmm. when they get overexcited. <laughs> and I could never... I had tried every which way and like shouting at him, which obviously only made. And then I thought, well, if I connect to my heart space as I'm running and if I connect and I had the most beautiful 
run of my life, connecting and opening up with nature. And when he started his shouting thing, I thought, well, if his nature, his, I'm going to connect to his heart space. So I held on to his collar and did as Jennifer describes uh, when she was talking to a crying mm. pilgrim. She took herself off and quieted down her heart, got into her heart space. I did the same with him, held his collar, calmed him down, got into my heart space and tried to connect with his. And would you know, <laughs> it absolutely worked. And no. so... Yeah, That's amazing. Eh? Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, you know what the Australian cattle dog is like. Well, I know what and all Australians just... are like. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yes. <laughs> and if I may just like the final component, Dan, because it's to me is so, so, so significant. The, uh, just to tell you, the final component was when I was finishing this um, this online course. I hit Tire, Trust Your Abundance, um, and it... Uh, the final message, it's actually part of a streamed, uh, a channeled message. Mm. Um, and he was, I was listening to this final channeled message um, from the stream, as it's called. And I had these tears of joy and love and appreciation rolling down my face. And I thought, this feels exactly like being, I'm covered in goosebumps now, exactly like being in Praça de Obradoiro um, mm. at the end of Santiago when you're standing in front of that cathedral and the tears are rolling down your face of joy of everything. And I was thinking, this feels exactly like that. And thinking, well, I now my mission, my purpose is to inspire as many people as I can to actually finish writing this book that has been being written within me for so many years yeah. about the Camino and lo and behold and I was thinking well I must start that I must get involved in it now or not I must I want to and your message popped up exactly as I was thinking that saying maybe we should have a chat so yeah that's great oh wow talk that's... about serendipity in yeah. the universe colluding yes. yeah but let me let me just say this to you if I may um, I can hear in your voice that you're um, adventurous, that you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're you, you talked about the Pollyanna, the, your folks. So, you know, we don't talk to people, you know, that's not our way, you know, the British very buttoned down kind of way, I suppose, exactly. the stiff up a little way, probably didn't. Yes. But then you, you wrote to me, though, and, and said that I love the serendipitous nature of this communication, as you just said, and you've been contemplating how to live with a little more sense of fun and levity. Did you not already, oh, yes. did you not already have fun and levity? You sound to me yes, like somebody great... who, who, who does take the leap that I spoke about earlier. Take the leap. Yes. You sound like that. You... Yes. So that's a great, yes, that's a great observation. There is definitely that within me, but there was always this earnestness about everything. I would tend to be, I tend to be, way too earnest, particularly about words, particularly about reading and writing. It all had to be very, it was all just a bit too earnest. I, I, I knew that I needed to have a bit more. Yes, I find a great deal of joy, I always have done, but it would tend to, um, I would tend to, to, to take whatever endeavour I was on a bit too earnestly. And yes, that's, mm. that would be the answer to that. Yes. Okay. I wonder if that is a bit of the Brit in you. Well, yes, that's that. Do you know what? That's a really, really great observation. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Interesting. The stoic, yeah. the stoic Brits. You know, I mean, it's so funny in many respects that we sort of have this idea. 
identity attached to our nationality, you know, when, mm. when it's, they're just lines on a page, for goodness sake. It, it doesn't really, I suppose, or perhaps it does. Perhaps well, we I'm are. I'm beginning to think it does, yes. Yeah, yeah, by, by, <laughs> by you know, I, I suppose, um, um, you know, I talk often here and when I'm, often when I'm interviewing Americans, I say, well, you know, Americans and Australians are very similar. We're very lucky people and Brits are the same. You know, why do we seek this simpler life? Why do we want to, to walk 35 Ks a day, get blisters and sleep in rooms with 90 other people? And why? <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, it, do, it doesn't make sense in many respects. So, you know, okay, you do your reading, you think it's a bit of an, it's an adventure. Um, but maybe there are those amongst us in our collective communities who say there must be something a little bit more. And, and you said, and I thought this was really interesting when you wrote to me, you said that Jennifer Clough's words made you connect so deeply to the source of all that matters and yes. truly understand how we can live from that place of joy and connection in every moment. That's, exactly. That's a wonderful commitment to you. Yes. Isn't oh, it? absolutely. It, it absolutely is. And as I say, that has always been, that's I've been coming back to myself, walking myself and walking each other home. It is, the Camino is that of uh, coming uh, very much into my joy, into my truth, and into that sense of trust. And that is obviously, as well you know, very much at the heart of the Camino. Yeah. And that trusting that the universe, that the Camino will provide, trusting Mm -hmm. that you will find a bed for the night, trusting that uh, you will come across someone in the right moment that will deliver to you what you need, be that a beer, be that a (laughs) a smile, be that a hug, trusting Trusting, uh, trusting your abundance. I don't want to sound like I'm some sort of you know, no, no. Um, acolyte. But, um, what's the word? Um, apostle for the mm. course that I've just done. But the abundance being your very nature, your your connection, your connection back and to yourself, back to source, exactly. which is what we find on the Camino. Right, and less about our identity, and more Absolutely. and more about our soul. Absolutely. <laughs> it just occurred to me, the soul, the soles of the shoes. I know I'm not the first one to make that observation, but it just popped into my mind. Yeah, Looking yeah, after yeah. both your souls and your soul, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you do, and that's obviously, um, I know other people have alluded to that many times, but that identity is stripped away from you, your ego self, not that there is anything wrong with our ego self. We need it. It has the purpose. Mm. But that ego self is quietened. And mm. that ego self is not given prominence. Obviously, you're not Dr. So-and-so. You're no. not uh, a lawyer or you're just a soul uh, in a human body, having yeah. a human experience, walking the Camino. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Uh, you know, um, a very dear friend of mine who was raised in a Pentecostal cult, uh, and he left when he was 21. Um, he's now 40, and he's writing a book about it. And, mm-hmm. and he said, um, oh, it's so frustrating because the more research he does and the more writing and reflecting he does, the more he learns about it that he has to go back to the start every time <laughs> and rewrite it through the prism, looking at it through the prism of what he subsequently learned. And he said, you know, Dan, yep. it, he said, Dan it's driving <laughs> me insane because I keep having to go back to the start. 
and he, that's and, and, so funny. Yeah, and and yeah. and so the more he learns about what he's learned, he's got to go back and write about right. it. Well, that's exactly the same for me. Exactly the same. Well, I feel that, that literally, yes, yeah. um, because the first write, first writing will um, uh, get onto my the Camino of um, 2017. That when I came back, the first writing of the book was just so self-indulgent, and so uh, what I always try to avoid on the Camino—that introspection, you know that but not in a good way of just mm. having to put down every single experience. And I realized mm. this is of no interest to anyone whatsoever, not even to my mother, you know, <laughs> how many times you changed your socks. And, um, but it was, it was literally just getting out. Mm. And I came to peace with that. That's, you know, it's so that there's a phrase, the book before the book, that was my book before the book, um, just processing it and getting it out of my system. And then I wrote another version when I had uh, started to find this sort of sense of, connection and started writing another version, um, sort of detailing my um, experience, my, I don't like to use the word journey, but I can't think of another word, a journey back to to myself. Um, but then I <laughs> yeah, came across this further realisation, and now that one is... Uh, mm. Uh, not invalid, but it's no longer my deepest truth. So <laughs> like your friend, I'm sort of uh, yeah. forced to start again. But in fact, the book that was um, that was within, that I initially thought that I was going to write, because when I was doing all those Camino trips with, uh, with the guests, I would um, look at the, uh, the pilgrims and think, Gosh, especially when they came into um, the cathedral square, and think, "Wow, is that real? Is that that joy and euphoria? Is that could that possibly be? Mm. Are they exaggerating? Is this that? You know, is that?" Um, uh, and I kept thinking, "I I want to experience that for myself. I mm. one day I will experience that for myself." And another thing that I saw was this outpouring of love, and I found I started coming across people who had met and fallen in love on the Camino. And I thought, how incredible would that be? Oh, my goodness. And so I thought, well, I know. I'm going to write a book about love on the Camino. That's the name of it. And it will be tales of people who have met along the way. So that's what I thought the book would be, little knowing that I would, you know, then go on to have my incredible experience on the Camino and uh, that would be sort of put on the back burner. You're writing this this book. It's an ongoing process. Um, and as you said to me in um, one of the messages is so many unexpected twists and turns, layers to it. It just keeps evolving. Mm. But, but, <laughs> yes. but, but I wonder, um, have you ever or have you been able to succinctly um, capture exactly what the Camino is when people ask about it? It's been in your life for a long time and I wonder, you know, yes. are you able to say, oh, this is what it is when someone asks? Well, not, literally not since uh, a few days ago of hearing Jennifer Clough. Literally, until then, it was very much a saying, well, it's because of the connection. Well, it's because of you're in a sense of joy and deep peace. You're, your fears drop away. You're, and it would just be this. And I could see their eyes sort of glazing over and I lost them. But what it, because, as well we know, you can't communicate what the essence of the Camino is until you've actually done it. So it's a real catch-22. Mm. But now I can sum it up in that it is literally a journey back to yourself to your soul to your source connection it is a stripping away of all of those fears that we carry with us every single day mm. it's a, um, entering a state of um, not just forgiveness 
but of immense appreciation of all that we are, of all that others are. It's walking with great intention and um, with a sense of connection, not just to yourself, um, to each other, to the earth and back to yourself. So those are sort of the um, the four pillars, as it were, that uh, Jennifer clarified for yeah. me because she spoke about, I think she called it filing your fears as they drop away from you. And I feel that that's, um, this has been very much at the heart of the process I've been going through over the past three months um, uh, within this practice. It's very much, it's a, a process of detuning the fears that we all have within us and finding what the roots of those fears are. And having done that, I went back to my very, you know, early childhood, and you're from a childhood perception, you have those fears, and you actually, I thought it would be a bottomless pit, and it's not. Uh, you find where that, I don't know about you, but I always had um, a very sort of a hum of anxiety within me at all times. Um, sometimes it was very muted, barely aware of it, and other times it came out in full-on um, sort of panic and fear. Mm. And um, I wouldn't have been able, I would never have been able to do this, for example, talk to you a few months ago. It would have terrified me, the thought of it. And now that I've gone back and found where those roots came from and um, come to a stage of, I think you'd call it radical appreciation, um, forgiveness, radical forgiveness, and yeah. actually appreciating what we co-created because we are all creating our realities and I believe that very firmly. And those, um, they could be perceived as transgressors that are within our lives are there for a reason. You're there together yeah. to, to, to create, for your soul to experience that. We came here to, to experience this life, this yeah. earth, and to have those experiences for our expansions. What were you frightened of? Well, it was, um, well, we're all conditioned by fear, aren't we? We're completely conditioned. We're brought up to be, and when you actually stop and look, it's quite astonishing. And um, the very uh, fundamental one within all of us is that fear of death. I had, a, I was, my beautiful grandmother instilled in me, uh, was, I think, a, a Baptist. Um, I was terrified of dying absolutely terrified if I was going to hell then what mm. was the point of being here what, mm. what, how cruel to have been brought into this world terrified of dying um and then uh of course I took on all of my mother's fears um she was uh in the uh early 70s she became a divorcee which was obviously in England was like an absolute terrible thing to be and so I took on that sense of um, anxiety about not being able to show who we really were trying to keep up appearances terrified of showing who we really were underneath we went from being this perceived as you know in England this horrible class system that we have here as supposedly whatever you were well my my father god rest him uh, bless him uh, he was, <laughs> I can't believe I'm admitting this, uh, he was president of the Queen's English Society and there, <laughs> there, you are. And there you sort of, yes, and there you are. So I was um, having to try and keep up this pretense. We were, um, my mother was beautifully presenting us in these handmade clothes, but we didn't have a, a penny. We were, um, we, we were, to all its sense and purposes, poor. My father had left with, with the money um, and I, I don't know transport or whatever but we were trying and so that desperate fear of showing who you are re revealing your true self 
of um, <laughs> being turned away wow. from a party because I was the daughter of a divorcee. So, so those fears, Gosh. those anxiety, which are, are programmed into us, and they're programmed into all of us, Dan. That's just, uh, you know, we're, we're programmed to fear not making the end of the month um, when, uh, you know, with money. We're programmed to be, of, you know, if you did dare to go out and live your dream, then you've still got the bills to pay. We're, yeah. we're programmed to fear losing our health. We're, and the, the death, I think, is, thing is very much at the heart of that. And our health system is basically getting us to avoid, you know, one day I think we will embrace death as very much uh, a joyful experience and that will be the ultimate I suppose uh, detuning of, of of the fears and once we come from that place then we are free to really connect with our soul and and to to live and express our highest joy and our very soul's purpose wow that's fantastic oh Deborah that is amazing Wow, what a story. Yeah, that's, yeah, golly. I'm you, glad it resonates. Yeah, mm. no, it, no, it, it really does. I'm, uh, you sent me a message, I don't know, it was a day or so ago and said, oh, I've been listening to all these other episodes. I'm so boring. What am I going to be? What am I going to talk about? I'm going, <laughs> are you for real? And now, and now I'm listening to it going, wow, what a story. I mean, there's so much to sort of unpack from all of that, but I want to go back to the Camino de Santiago oh, yes. and, and yes, the, yes. the actual walking, the, the pilgrimage yes. itself yes, that provided yes, yes. this insight. Um, yes, yes, yes. I mentioned, other, I mentioned in the introduction meeting other pilgrims in the town square, um, the cafes, the albergues. Um, did you enjoy the day-to-day grind of the pilgrimage? And, and in 2017, did you, or, or was it a sort of almost like a, oh, hang on, something's happening here? Well, this is my story, Dan, that I've told you that uh, I don't think anybody else has, uh, well, I know other, it's, uh, other people have had this experience, but I don't think you've spoken to any of that had this particular experience that I have, me building up the suspense, um, because um, I, just to give a little bit of background to the um, pre-Camino, it was 2017, and um, I was with my husband of 19 years, um, an Argentinian chap, Called Pablo, and uh, we had indeed we'd worked together on the Camino uh, with the groups, and so and we'd done a bit of we'd done a bit of the Camino Mozarabe because uh, we lived in Granada actually on the Camino, mm. um, but we finally uh, because we never t- had time because I was walking every May and June and September and October I was w- working on the Camino and then doing my proper job as such uh, the rest of the time so. 2017 was sort of the obvious opportunity uh, to to walk our own Camino. And uh, we, um, just to set a bit of background, we um, were, uh, we'd been together for 19 years, um, his Argentinian, um, and he was very much in Spain because of me. And we had um, encountered quite a lot of bumps along the way. Uh, that he was wanting back in Argentina. And so we'd sort of talked about a year before of possibly um, going our separate ways, but uh, we very much did have a deep love for each other. And so we decided we would 
um, uh, we would de- would not separate and we would stay together and make it work. Um, and so it felt like a consolidation of our love and our commitment to each other to be uh, walking the Camino together. Um, and we, because we'd done the French Camino uh, so often, what we really wanted to do was the uh, Camino del Norte mm. and particularly the Primitivo. And so uh, we uh, set off to walk that and expecting it to be uh, very joyous. And um, uh, I wanted I, I wanted to know that, as you say, that daily grind, the staying in albergues, the washing your socks, uh, the, yeah. uh, um, the, excuse me, but the fat farting German in the bed next to you, <laughs> <laughs> which would doubtless happen. And uh, all the... The um, the elements that I had never experienced, I was so excited to experience that. I really wanted that. Um, and indeed, on the very first night in Irun, um, it was, uh, um, I, don't, I don't think we're meant to, to swear on this uh, podcast, are we? But um, you can if swear. I'm allowed the. Uh, okay, very good, excellent. Um, because the we went to this, um, it was the overspill of the albergue, and it was the this garage um, in Irun, and it was, and I was so excited just to be there. I didn't care. I would have been sleeping on a spike. I didn't care. And it was literally the beds were not just next. They were literally you were sleeping, <laughs> literally almost in the same bed as the next person. They were that close, and it was. Uh, packed in there there was like a plywood partition between the loos it was and I was just thought this was wonderful and I said to the hospitalero this Basque chap who as you know they're very down to earth and I said this is wonderful this is just so exciting I'm so happy to be here and he went no it's not uh in Spanish he said no it's not it's shit (laughs) which (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which um you know in that very basque blunt directness to me i was so with such stars in my eyes just to be there on the next day uh we um i started to go into my earnest mode of we need to find a place to stay we don't have a place to stay i think we should find it, and started calling um uh because i thought you know i wanted the spontaneity but then i started to get oh i don't know we this feels a bit oh i'm not used to this and um and because we'd set off so early, um, that like, no, you know, no albergues were going to be open. And I spoke with um, uh, an hospitalero, and he said, well, there's no point in sticking around here uh, until three o'clock. This was about 11 o'clock in the morning. He said, why don't you walk on to, there's a place called the Twelve Tribes, um, just before San Sebastian. And he said, it's a beautiful albergue. You'll be there about the right time. Hmm. And so, so anyway, we ended up there. It was an absolutely gorgeous place. Um, actually run by a sect but uh, I, we shan't uh, <laughs> digress into that um gorgeous place um actually very very lovely people the, the only downside being there was no wine i think it was the only oh, the right. only night on the camino that i didn't have <laughs> wine with dinner um so anyway at this place was where very serendipitously as you know da, 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 um our what was to be our Cam- camino family was formed and uh, part of this family was this <laughs> chap English chap who I had heard earlier in the day I totally misheard him and I had in that horrible horrible judgmental way that uh that we have particularly of summing up you know he had like the tattoo he looked like the sort of in my mind and and I've told him this many times an ex-military thug and I was and I misheard something he said I thought he was being rude about some women with fat bottoms um that had been uh 
um, in uh, in the albergue, and I'd completely misheard him. He's the kindest, loveliest chap. Um, so, and I'd say, well, I hope I don't have to, to come across him again on the Camino, you know. And uh, ended up sitting next to him at dinner, and uh, he has the most incredible English sense of humour. And so, of course, I was rolling in laughter, and um, all those judgments fell away. And um, another um, Doyen, a beautiful statuesque German girl, uh, German woman of um, uh, Nigerian origin. Uh, Origin. She uh, was next to me on the other side, um, and a lovely Canadian couple. So, um, oh, and a young chap called Sören, a, a German chap who walked with us for a while. And anyway, so that was where the Camino family was formed. And I was, um, we walked together for about a week and just having the time of our lives. It was just joy in a bottle. It was just absolutely everything I could possibly have imagined and more about the Camino, you know, even the fat fighting gentleman in the bed he was all fit, was so, so joyful and so just, I was just so happy to actually be experiencing and now understanding uh, what it was really all about. Yeah. And um, so, but then, um, uh, just to move things on a bit, I had to go off as one does. I had a work commitment, a work meeting in Sarajevo, <laughs> in um, Bosnia. And so I had to take myself off the Camino for four or five days as you can imagine it was pretty complicated um getting out of the heart of the camino and getting myself um um back to Bilbao and to fly to Sarajevo for four or five days and that oh, was the last thing I wanted to do oh I was gutted I was heartbroken waving goodbye to them on the Santander train station when I was there it's a very uh place that's very obviously uh, reminiscent of great uh, dispute and uh, strife yeah, yeah. um and I started getting messages from Pablo, or rather not getting messages from Pablo. And I started to feel really insecure and like waves of insecurity like I'd not felt since I was a teenager. Thinking, gosh, this is this feels odd, you know, what's what's going on? Um, when I came back to the Camino, expect, fully expecting him to meet me at the bus station in um, <laughs> Via Viciosa, which is there where they had got onto by that point, <laughs> um, uh, um, it was uh, a distinct, lack, a distinct uh, marked lack of an Argentinian clasping flowers waiting for me. And um, so, yes, um, my friends, uh, my family told me, yes, something's really going on with him. We don't know what's happening. He's having some sort of, sort of breakdown to all intents and purposes. Mm. And we don't really know what's going on with him. Um, and anyway, they sort of, <laughs> we, um, I think I, because I will always address the issue. And so I tried to speak with him and he was like, and we had a massive argument and I could see my Camino family thinking, um, oh gosh, this is not, not what we had planned. Uh. And, um, anyway, um, they <laughs> one by one started a splinter group and they decided they were going to walk. The Norte, well, Pablo and I were the only ones that were going to walk the Primitivo, and I was absolutely devastated. Um, and uh, uh, anyway, long story short, I knew that if I asked him to walk, he would like, he was very stubborn. So I got the lovely Doyin to say, would you maybe come and walk with us? And so anyway, we all ended up still together. Thank God our Camino family was still together, intact, and we did the Norte, but... <laughs> Um, this is a story which I don't know if you will have heard before because um, uh, when I got to uh, Gijon that evening, I uh, we had a group WhatsApp, obviously, and 
<clears throat> and um, he um, sort of, he disappeared for a couple of days. And obviously I was very worried. And anyway, finally he, he called me and um, I said, well, you know, how, I, I don't understand. I, wh- how could, why, why would you do that? What? And um, I don't think I can accept this. It's just, and he, and, um, he said, uh, these last words that I heard from him, he said, um, that's it. Um, well, it's obviously in Spanish, but yeah, that's it. Ya está, ya terminamos. That's it. We're through, we're done, we're finished. <laughs> and due to no. his word, yes, is that it's, it's a humdinger of a story. I did promise you one. Um, and true to his word, I did not hear another word from him. Um, which left me with the predicament of okay, because I knew how very stubborn he is, and I, I bear him no ill feeling. Now I want to make that very clear. I love him. You know, we're, um, I bear him no. I love him as a friend, and um, but uh, um, a bit of a spoiler alert. We are no longer together. Um, but we, uh, he, he did not contact me again, and so I was in the predicament of I thought, well, I can't in that issue. I can't foist myself on my Camino family. I'm going to be distraught and devastated. I will just have to go home. And the thought of walking it by myself, I thought, well, I could do that, but it was just way too scary. And I thought, well, I, I can't believe I'm going to have to do this, but I think I'm just going to have to go back to Granada and, um, and sort out maybe your I'll life. find the courage. Yeah. Oh my and, gosh. Um, but this is to me this well this was going to be my story but it's so relevant i'm going to tell you my you always ask for a community story but sure. this is my community sure. the, the, is that my friends my getting emotional now um my community family um did sort of an intervention as such they um uh, got me a glass of wine first sat me down um let me cry let me tell them what had happened and they sat me down and they said we know you um we're your family we know that you're going to want to do that english thing of taking off you're going to want to go away lick your wounds by yourself um you won't want uh to sort of be the <laughs> debbie downers of the camino on us and we're not going to let you do that you're our family you're excuse me you're staying with us we're not letting you go you can be or do and you can be whatever you want you can cry all you want you can you, oh. you you we accept you totally unconditionally that's what your Camino family is for and you're staying with us oh my gosh Which, what a great yeah. story it, oh my it? heavens yes. and and so yes. yes so I did and I had did. the absolute time of my, my life it gosh. was absolutely glorious and that walking into the square at the end of it was everything oh. and a gazillion times more than I could ever have imagined it would have been and it oh. was yes it was and there was also another um uh, aspect because not only did I do that but when my Camino family one by one left <laughs> I was absolutely bereft and this well this is sort of my reserve story I suppose I went to the train station and this is uh, sort of the the intuition that Jennifer Clough talks about because I was at the train station and the ticket um, he said so I don't know you know where are you going and I expected to say Granada and I found myself saying I don't know <laughs> and he was like well 
<laughs> maybe you want to come back when you do know. Oh, no. <laughs> Next, please. And so I went off and I thought, what on earth is happening? What is happening? Where do you want to go? And my soul, my intuition answered me, Santander, which was where I had missed between Santander and Gijón, my um, five days out in Sarajevo. And I felt that my Camino wasn't complete until I did that. And so I went back and he said, do you know where you want to go? I said, yes, I want to go to Santander. But to my surprise, I want to go. My soul, obviously as it was, my intuition uh, was telling me I wanted to go to Santander. And so I did. And I had the most incredible experience walking by myself, coming back to myself and walking through... I met this, well, I met this wonderful chap who obviously we were also meant to to meet because he he's a very private chap. I'll just give his first name, John, a lovely, lovely man, an American chap. And he had um, recently lost his wife of many years and he was a bit older, maybe late 60s. And had such a gentle, kind, but very reserved soul. And I could tell he didn't really want to share his story. So we... We walked together, but not together, and we got together. And the, I remember the first morning, he was so astonished because, as, I, as you know, kindness being such a part of the Camino, I would would make people cups of coffee in the morning in the albergue. If I was making myself a cup of coffee, why on earth wouldn't I? And I can remember him being so astonished that somebody would be kind enough to make him a cup of coffee. And I think wow. that sort of cracked something open within him, which is obviously what the Camino does. I think it's another room he cracks us open so that the light can come in. Mm. And anyway, so little by little, he started to tell me a bit about his story. And we ended up being in Villaviciosa, that town where um, Pablo and I, my husband, I had, um, to all intents and purposes, split up the last place we were together. And I, I, well, on my Camino with my family, I did, I thought I had healed because I was, I did cry every morning. I cried buckets every morning and I absolutely wept and and the poor Andy the English guy that was with us he said people would be absolutely giving him murderous looks because they assumed <laughs> that we were together and he was walking he was behind me as this like <laughs> yes this wailing woman was who had obviously they'd had some sort of argument and he was leaving it but <laughs> that's <laughs> funny chap. and but of course the Camino healed then that's why that's why I had to, I was called at that specific time at that specific moment, it was exactly as they say. It doesn't give you what you want. It gives you what you need. And that was exactly what I needed, you know. The, um, and so where else would you hear like that but on the Camino? And it mm. was absolutely incredible. But anyway, so in Via Viciosa, I thought I'd cried all I possibly could. But when I was approaching there, I found I was distraught again, absolutely distraught and thinking 19 years and it's, it's, uh, it's ended and um, uh, where, where do I go from here? And, uh, da, da, da. Um, um, uh, and John, I came across John in the cafe where we had, uh, my Camino family had been having a coffee and he was there. Yeah. And he said, he said the most beautiful things to me. And I knew because he was such reserved and from the heart chap and saying, he said that I reminded him of his daughter, um, that she was a beautiful and free soul and that she was living her life's purpose. And he knew that I had that within me and that I would find it and I would find my life's purpose and that I was... Um, 
uh, absolutely worthy, which is, I think, what we all deeply fear deeply sure. that we're not worthy. And he just yeah. said the exact words that I needed to hear. We were each other's Camino angels, really. Well, I mean, but, you know, I, he, he, um, I wow. hope I was a bit of what he I, he was to me, mm. and so that that brought it full circle of that complete healing and um, coming back, walking back to myself, which, as I say, <laughs> terminated. Or well, it's only always that you were just starting it. I think that's a translation of the Spanish terminal. Uh, culminated in the connection with you, literally just a couple of days ago, of my sitting in my uh, inner cathedral square with the tears rolling down my face thinking what now and your message came and I know that my purpose along with Jennifer Clough's beautiful messages is to open my heart to to um be on the Camino way to draw other people to it to collectively uh expand our souls and that is what is needed now I think more than ever and that is what's being called forth from all of us and I don't think I could have found a greater purpose than that. What do you think you've learned about yourself? <laughs> I know what I learned about myself was that I was a chronic people pleaser. This is what the um, mm. the German uh, uh, and the uh, who, be, who uh, later became part of our family, very much showed me. <laughs> they showed that because they say, why do you say sorry all the time? You're always saying sorry. And it's as if you're apologising for your very existence, and I will. That's what I. That's what I was doing. I had no sense of worthiness, so I found my whoa. sense of worthiness. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. Do you know what someone said to me this week? Oh gosh, another serendipitous thing. Yes. Someone said to me this week, "Why do you say sorry all the time?" Oh gosh. No one's Look ever said that, that to me Dad. before. Look at ever. that. And I was, oh I was God. quite. I, I was, this. I was quite. I love this. I was like, mm, I don't know why. I don't know why. Somebody oh said that gosh. to me this week. Oh my goodness! Isn't that just fantastic? And you need to look at that, Dan. I needed to look at it. It was. It, it was within me anyway. Literally, oh, and apologising for who I was, um, feeling that I didn't have the right to take up so much space as anyone else, and that my their time was more important. I always had to be on time. It didn't matter if others weren't on time because I, you know, they were the important ones. Um, I would no, apologise. Wait, wait, that's me. <laughs> Are you for real? Stop it. That's so that, well. It, it's... That's amazing. <laughs> I am always on time. It doesn't matter if anybody else isn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. I love that. I love it. That is so amazing. Wow. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, look, I, I, I can't thank you enough. I, 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 honestly, we, we, I think we connected because of the enthusiasm in your correspondence, right? So I, I, I get messages all the time, at emails and texts, and, 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 and I love it. I absolutely love it. I'll, I'll be somewhere and my phone will beep or, and I'll look down and it'll be, you know, somebody from some part of the world saying, hey, Dan, you know, I really liked your interview with such as I go, oh, cool, how good's that? You know, that's great. I just love this communication, this, this involvement, this community, um, 
And when I got your message, I, like I say, I, I think we connected because of the enthusiasm. And you seemed to me to have learned so much from Jennifer's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I, I ought to talk to you to get your complete story, like the whole story, like there must be a backstory there. And then you write to me and say, oh, I've, I've checked out the other episodes. I don't have a story really much to tell. Come on. It's a, <laughs> it's an amazing story. It's an amazing story. And you know what? Um, I could hear in talking to you, like you, you kept saying, oh, I'm getting goosebumps. And then I could, I can hear you getting a little bit kind of teary. And I'm a, chronic crier I cry all the time and and, <laughs> and I was getting like tears in my eyes and I was thinking oh my gosh you know here's this person I don't know Deborah Wilson I, I don't I don't know you but somehow I know you and mm. and in hearing your story and hearing the way that the Camino has resonated in your life the the opportunity it's provided to find some respite, some some solace, some opportunity for your soul is just such a great story. And I'm so, so pleased that we've been able to talk and and I know there will be people listening thinking, that's my story too. And and here I am saying you say sorry all the time. So do I. <laughs> and, and you've been able to say, you know what? Maybe I don't have to. And maybe I'm learning something about myself by talking to you. Mm-hmm. There are no coincidences. <laughs> and, and you reaching out as a result of learning from Jennifer Clough and my early, the, the episode with Jen, um, is just such a wonderful, wonderful synergy in the whole thing. I mean, and really, I go back to what you said before, you know, the Camino is a journey back to yourself. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. We're all walking each other home, yes. We're all walking each other home. Oh, Deborah, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Getting up early in the morning in the UK, time differences are a challenge sometimes. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. It's been just an absolute delight. I really, really appreciate it. And and you've been very honest. I must, I must say, mm-hmm. you've you've opened your heart as we started mm-hmm. talking about. You've given us an insight, a, a little snapshot, a little peek into your soul as well. Walk on, keep believing, and taking leaps, my friend. Buen camino. Thank you so much, Dan. I know we're running over time, but can I just quickly say that I appreciate enormously what you're doing because you're also fulfilling one of my um, long, long held ambitions and desires. When I see, I'll sit at the Puerta del Camino, a cafe just opposite uh, where the the road takes you to the Cathedral Square, and each and every pilgrim that walks past, I want to run up to them. I want to say, What's your story? I want to honour it. I want yeah. to celebrate you. I want yeah. you to feel seen and heard. I want to know your story. And so oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> crying too, but you're doing that on behalf of all of us. And I thank you so immensely 
for doing this for us. It's part, it is part of the, the purpose, the bigger purpose. So thank you so, so much, Dan, and Buen Camino to you too. Well, what about that? <laughs> My guest this week was the British pilgrim Deborah Wilson. Remember the quote this week from the Spirit Daughter website, buy the plane ticket, quit the job, accept the date, start the company, write the book, sign up for the class, make the call, plan the trip, wander into the unknown, open your heart, take the leap. The Camino community will be there to catch you. Thanks for your company this week and every week. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino.